Do you want to know the future? Sometimes we say, oh, I'd like to know the future. Well, do you want to know that like next Tuesday, you're going to get the flu and throw up three times? You say, no, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know about that. Okay, and the truth is we don't really want to know uh, certain things about our lives. Uh, we don't want to know that. But we also realize that, because we'd rather take, I'd rather take life one day at a time, right? One, one minute at a time, just a little bit at a time and, and let God use us that way. Uh, we know that the Word of God tells us, God has revealed to us, Uh, the future. He's revealed to us all the things about the future. Let let me remind you, remember, we know that Jesus came and died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father. We know that right now we're in the church age. One of these days, and it could be any second, there is no uh, signs, anything to be done. Jesus Christ is going to descend from heaven with a voice that shouted, the archangel dead and Christ rise. First we who are alive and remain to be caught up together with him. The rapture, that's coming. There's going to be a seven-year tribulation, which is the final seven years of the 490 years that God promised the nation of Israel. That's the tribulation time period. Then Jesus is going to come a second time to the earth. Here's the first coming to the earth. Here's the second time. Here's the coming in the clouds. He's going to come a second time to the earth as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's going to rule for a thousand years. There's going to be a great white throne judgment. Then he's going to rule for all eternity on a new heavens and a new earth. So as far as knowing the future, God knows everything. At camp, we talked about uh, one of the, uh, these, for the kids, we taught about what we call the attributes of God. And one is that God is all-knowing. He knows everything. Omniscient is what that means. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows where you'd be if you weren't here now. He knows the, every aspect. God doesn't have to say, give me a second. Let me think about it next week, and I'll tell you. No, and he knows everything, the end from the beginning, and it, it, not only that, he plans it all anyway. So uh, there's going to be all of this. All of these things are found in God's Word. We're going to see this morning that God gives information to Elisha. And we've already seen that God has been using him in mighty ways and in strange ways and all kind of different things. But we're going to see that this morning. Last time, if you remember, God told uh, Elisha to tell this man, the royal, uh, some royal official was going to come try to kill Elisha because the king of Israel said Elisha is the one causing the famine. He wasn't. So the guy was going to come to kill him. And when he came to kill him, Elisha said to him, don't worry about tomorrow the whole the whole famine will be over. And the guy said, I don't believe you. I don't believe it. He said, well, you don't believe God's word. I don't believe it. So basically he said, well, you'll get to see the end of it, but you won't get to eat it. And what happened last week, we saw it. The next day the famine ended. And I won't go into all the story, but the guy who said he didn't believe it ended up getting trampled and, and he didn't get to eat it. So once again, God, God's word is always true. Well, now we're going to look at, the, that was the last time, we're going to now see in 2 Kings 8, 7 through 15, there's this message to this man named Hazel, and we say, who is Hazel? We'll talk about it. Look at verse 7 of 2 Kings chapter 8, look at verse 7. Then Elisha came to Damascus. Now Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, was sick, and it was told him, saying, the man of God has come. So we get a little information that Elisha, let me, let me put this up here for you. Elisha lives in this area in Samaria. Damascus is up here. This is Aram. This is the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Edomites. Uh, This is Judah. This is the Philistines. This is Phoenicia. But here is Aram. And this is Damascus, the capital. Elisha lives here. And for some reason, we're going to find out in just a second why, he goes up here to Damascus. And it said, so now Elisha came to Damascus. Now Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, was sick. And it was told him, saying, the man of God has come. Now Elisha's so famous 
that Elisha is Jewish. Elisha is the kingdom of Israel. And yet the king of Aram knows all about him. Everybody knows about him. He's famous. And they call him what? What do they call him? The man of God has come. Now, let's stop for just a second because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna meet somebody. We're going to see something that uh, you, you maybe never thought about. Elijah, this is, goes back to Elijah. Elijah got the word from God. And here's what, way back in 1 Kings 19, here's what Elijah told, was told to do. Watch. The Lord said to him, go and return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint. Who is this? Haziel, king over Aram. You shall also anoint Jehu, king of, uh, son of Nishi, king of Israel, and you shall anoint Elisha, the son of Shephat, of, you know, as prophet in your place. So way back, Elijah was told to do these things. And so as we begin right now, who is the king over Aram? His, his name is Ben-Hadad, and he's sick. Who did Elijah... Who was he? What did he do? He went and anointed a guy by the name of Haziel and said, you will be king of Aram. And you can almost see Haziel going, what? what are you talking about? He said, yo, you'll be the king. Now, time has passed. Elijah's dead. Well, when I say dead, he's gone. He's taken off the face of the earth. And we've been seeing the ministry of Elisha, and we've seen a number of years have gone by. Watch what happens today. And it says, Elisha came to Damascus. Now, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, was sick, and it was told him, saying, the man of God has come. And the king said to who? Who is that? Hazel, that's the guy. Take a gift in your hand and go meet the man of God and acquire the Lord by him, saying, well, I recover from the sickness. Now, we've seen this guy. He was anointed as king at the time of Elijah. Well, you could stop right there and say, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've been anointed as king. And, but right now, Ben-Hadad is the king. Does that give you any kind of indication of what the future may hold here? This guy's going to become king, isn't he? Now, we saw, we're going to see, if you were in the first service, you're going to see that King David, or David, was anointed as the king of Israel this morning when, in our passage. It's going to be 15 years before he becomes king. So Haziel has already been anointed as king of Aram, but he's not the king of Aram. The king of Aram is Ben-Hadad. And so look what happens again in verse 8. The king said to Hazael, take a gift in your hand and go and meet the man of God. Go up and talk to him and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, will I recover from the sickness? He said, go ask the king. This is the key man, Hazael. He says, go ask him and will I get well? You know, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Because... He doesn't want to know if he's going to die. I mean, he does want to know, but he doesn't want to know. And you're going to the man of God. You know that if, if Elisha tells something, it's going to be what? It's going to be right. So, you know, I'm not sure I would have asked. I, I, I think I'll just take my chances on whether I'm going to live or not. But he wants to know. So he says, go ask him, will I recover from this sickness? So watch what happens. Will, will I recover? So verse 8, so Hezael went to meet him, meant to meet Elijah, and it took a gift in his hand. Eat, look what he took. Even every kind of good things of Damascus, 40 camel loads, and he came and stood before him and said, your son Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, has sent me to say to you, to, to you saying, will I recover from the sickness? Now, I want to stop for a second. Look what he brings. Remember, remember when uh, Nahum the, uh, the, uh, had leprosy? And he sent a gift, he wanted to give a gift to Elisha. What did Elisha do? 
don't take gifts. Don't send it to me. So look what happens here. The king of Aram sends, and what did he send? 40 camel loads. I mean, think about how much stuff that is. You can just see Elisha standing there, and here comes Hezekiah, and here comes 40 camels and everything else. And he says, these are some gifts from the king of Aram. That's Ben-Hadad. He would like to know if he's going to recover. He said, will I recover from this sickness? That's, that's what he asked him. Will I recover from the sickness? And uh, now, this next verse is a little strange. So let's look at it. What does he say? Then Elisha said to him, go say to him, you will surely recover, but the Lord has shown me he will certainly die. What? Tell him he will recover, but he's going to die. That doesn't sound right. Well, the only thing you can think of is, okay, okay, well, he's going to get well from this, but then he's going to die. And we could say, well, that happens to everybody. You get sick and then you get well and eventually you're going to die. But is that what he's talking about? Well, I don't think so. The truth is, was he lying? Was he t- he's going to recover, but he's going to die. And so what is all going on there? Uh, you could say it this way. He's going to die, but if he had lived, he'd have recovered. <laughs> right? Well, let's see what happens. Now, if you've read this, you already know. If you hadn't read this, don't look ahead. Okay, don't look ahead yet, because it's pretty, um, pretty wild. Watch the next verse. Verse 10, when Elisha said to him, go say to him, you will surely recover, but the Lord has shown me that he will certainly die. He fixed his gaze steadily on him. Elisha looked directly at Haziel until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. Now, he was looking, and he kept looking at this man, Hazael. And it was almost like he's embarrassed because he just kept looking at him and kept looking at him, and then he started to cry. Elisha, the prophet, is starting to cry. Look about it. Elisha was looking at Hazael, and he began to weep. So he says, and Hazael looked at him and says, Why does my Lord weep? Why are you crying? Then he answered, Because I know the evil that you will do to the sons of Israel. Their strongholds you will set on fire, and their young men you will kill with the sword, and their little ones you will dash in pieces, and their women with child you will rip up. He's crying because he sees the future. And he's crying, and he says, the guy looks at him and says, why are you crying? He says, I'm crying because I know what you're going to do to Israel. You're going to come burn up things. You're going to attack things. You're going to kill men. You're going to kill little children. You're going to kill women. You're going to take pregnant women and whip them open and kill their babies. You're a bad person. Why are you weeping? I'm weeping because I see what you're going to do. I know the evil you will do to Israel. You'll burn the cities. You'll kill the men, the women, the children, even the unborn children. Now, how would you feel if you're Haziel right there? You went, me? Haziel knows something that he doesn't even want to think about, and that was years ago. What happened to him? Elijah did what? Elijah, years ago, anointed him as the king of Aram. And that's never happened. You could say he forgot it. You could say he said, you know, maybe he was wrong. You could say, well, I, I know what he said years ago, but look at all the years that have passed. 
and I'm not the king. In fact, I work for the king. Why do you weep? Why do you weep? Because I know all the evil that you will do. Well, look at Hazael answers. Look at verse 13. Hazael said, well, what? What is your servant? I'm just a dog that, that, that he should do this great thing. Now, I'll stop right there. He actually says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a nothing. I'm just a dog. I actually just work for the king. I've done nothing. Has, has the elf forgotten? He was anointed as king of a ram years ago. I've known people that said, you know, when I was younger, I just, I just knew that I was supposed to do ministry. But I never did. Why not? Why not? It's never too late. If that's what you think you're supposed to be doing with your life. Hezael was told years ago he would be the king of Aram. And if you looked at him right now and said, you're going to be the king of Aram, he said, no, 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 I'm just a dog. I mean, meaning I'm, I'm not anything important. I just work for the king. I just do what he tells me to do. And has he forgotten? And look at the rest of the verse. Uh, verse 13 again says, what, what is your servant? I'm just a dog that, that I should do this great thing. Great thing, kill all a bunch of men, women, and children. Great thing, be king. Elisha answered, the Lord has shown me that you will be king over a ram. The Lord has shown me you will be king over a ram. Now, although a lot of years has passed, you understand something? Look at this. Two prophets, Elijah and Elisha, have both told him that he would be the king. Now, you think that he's going to be the king? What do you think? That's pretty certain, right? If just Elijah had said it, it's going to happen. If Elisha says it, it's going to happen. Two prophets have told him. Now, what's the message? To go back and tell King Ben-Hadad, you're going to what? You're going to get well. You're going to get well. Okay, watch what happens. So he departed, verse 14, from Elisha and returned to his master who said to him, what did Elisha say to you? And he answered, he told me you would surely recover. Oh, that would be, if you're the king and he told you that, you, you'd say, this is a good day. It's not a good day. It sounds like a good day. You notice that, Eli, that Haziel didn't say, he said you would recover, but I'm going to be the king and I'm going to conquer a whole bunch of stuff and destroy a whole bunch of things, so I'm going to be the king. You're, you're going to recover, but you're going to die. That's not what he said. He just said, he told me you would surely recover. Watch the next verse. On the following day, he took the cover, dipped it in water, and spread it on his face so that he died. And Hazael became king in his place. What did he do? He smothered him to death. He was probably weak from being sick. And so he went and wet some of the sheets and whatever's there. And he came back and he put it over his face and held him down. And smothered him to death. Because what did he say? I'm, I'm going to be the king. And I'm not waiting. He yeah, he waterboarded him except he killed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question. What evil would he do? Did he do what it says? The next day, Hazel took the covers. They were wet and he smothered the king, Ben-Hadad. And notice what the verse says. And Hazel became king in his place. Going all the way back to Elijah. Elijah anointed him as king. 
Now coming all the way up to the time of Elisha, Elisha says, you will be king. But Elisha also said, I know what evil you will do to my people, Israel. And I notice that in what evil would he do in 2 Kings chapter 13, that's a little further up, it says, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he continually handed over to Hazel, king of Aram, and to Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazel. Now, you may say, well, how could that be? Remember, Hazel, uh, Ben-Hadad, is a, is a title. So there was Ben-Hadad, Hazel killed him, and then when he goes, the next king is going to be named Ben-Hadad as well. So be careful. Uh, uh, Chelsea was typing this up while I was gone, and she kept typing it up, and she kept saying, that doesn't add up. The guy's Ben-Hadad, then Hazel. How can his son be Ben-Hadad? How can Hazel's son be Ben-Hadad? Because that's the title. So the next king is going to be having that name. So sometimes when you look at that, uh, there was Abimelech. Abimelech is a title. If you read the life of Abraham and Isaac, they keep running into this guy named Abimelech. And you say, Abimelech's got to be like 200 years old. I mean, he just keeps being there. It's a, it's a different Abimelech, but he's got the same title, just like all the different pharaohs. That's the title. So God allowed Hazel to do evil, to do what he did. God allowed him to be an evil man. Let me give you some applications. Let's understand that God's word gives us the future. It does, does it not? The truths and, uh, about the nation of Israel, about the kingdom, and about the church, and about all those things. God gives us the future. He, he doesn't. I mean, I know people say that God told them that they were going to do this next week and things like that. And I go, well, um, I don't want him to tell me that. I want him to tell me in his word, his truths and principles that never change, that I don't go to sleep and have some bad dream and think that's from God. I want to go back to the word of God, and God has given us his word. So here's what it would do. We need to study the word so you can understand, especially end times. I want you to understand this. Think about the end times that I talked to a lot of people. Look, what was so neat, I watched Adam that uh, right before we were waiting for the bus to come for the two or three hour wait for the bus to come. Uh, Adam was talking to one of the young guys. And Adam said, okay, what's the next event? And the guy said, rapture. He said, Who, who's going to be taken out? Church. What's the church? Body of Christ. What's going to happen after the rapture? Well, there'll be tribulation. Okay, and, and, and then the little guy said, and that's when the Antichrist comes. He said, yeah, what's going to happen at the end of tribulation? Jesus comes back. Okay, so what's he going to do then? Uh, kingdom, kingdom. How long is that kingdom? A thousand years. I mean, this kid knew this. Well, how did he know it? You know how he knew it? Adam taught him. Okay, do you know the end time stuff? Could you teach other people? Can you dig into the scripture? And see, that's what we need to do is study the word of God so we can understand, especially let's talk about end times for just a second. We need to know what's going to happen because the next event's what? Well, who's going up? The church, body of Christ. What happens after that? It's going to be the what? Tribulation. And think about it. So if you've never taken the 2-2, take the 2-2. We go into that. If, you, if you've, There's a study that we did years ago that you can find it online. It's the seven last things in Revelation. It takes you right through all the end times. There's some great stuff there. You can also study Matthew chapter 24 and 25. Those two chapters give Jesus teaching the tribulation time period. And the end times. So it's wonderful. So if you said, I want to know the Bible, well, let's understand it. 
because he's given us the truth. You would be surprised how many people have no idea what is coming. There are so many people that do not teach there'll be a rapture or a tribulation or an antichrist or a second coming or a kingdom. Do you realize that most churches, most denominations in the world are what they call all millennial, which means they believe none of this. You may think all of your friends that go to other churches all believe what you believe, that Jesus is going to come in the clouds and take you out and be a tribulation, come back in the kingdom. They don't believe any of that. They've never even been taught it. So we must be ready to teach people the truth, okay? Also, be ready to give the good news message of Jesus Christ. Over that camp week, we presented the gospel a lot of times to make sure those kids all understood that salvation is a gift by faith alone in Christ alone, and you believe in Jesus Christ for what? What do you trust him for? Eternal life. Go ask some of your friends that go somewhere else and ask them, what is the gospel and what are you believing in? See what their answers are. You'll actually be upset. You'll go, they don't even know the basic message of the gospel. They don't even know that. A lot of people do not know that. We've got to be ready. Second, let's realize that sometimes things don't turn out the way we want them to go. What did, uh, what did Elisha see? He began to cry because he knew in the future this man is going to do evil to the nation of Israel. It didn't turn out like what I mean, let's face it, Elisha didn't want that. But he's not in control. We have to trust God in this world as we seek to live for Christ. Listen, are things going the way you want them to go right now in our country and in our world? Of course not. That's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Of course, however, the Scripture says in the last days things will get what? Worse and worse and worse and worse. We should expect this, but we don't like it. I don't want it to be this way. I don't want our country to change. I want it to be the greatest country in the world. I don't want globalism. I don't want one world. I don't want an antichrist coming. And I'm not saying we'll be in that, but that's what it's moving toward. 